Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Christopher Head's passion for the marine world started with an apprenticeship as a marine engineer at the age of 16. He then went on to work in marine sales, which led him to setting up Sunseeker, the largest UK luxury yacht makers in the country and one of the most successful dealerships in British boats. His boats have even featured in four James Bond movies. Chris's sales ethic is that of delivering perfection and exactly what he promises. This attitude has led to the huge success of his empire of Sunseeker, boat dealerships across Europe. He is often also seen ditching his boats for a bike and taking to the road to show his support at various charity events. It gives me great pleasure to a man I know well, very well actually now over the last few years. Uh, Chris, Christopher Head, welcome to the Sandro Forty podcast. Thank you. Um, pleased to do it. Um, and I know this has taken an extraordinary amount of time to organise because you are the busiest man I think I've ever come across. Uh, well, not really. I know my day changes. Um, I carry a passport with me really all, all you days. Do. You yeah, do. I, do. I never know. I get back to the office and they say, oh, you have to go to Holland this evening. But that's just the way of life and I enjoy it. And how do your family cope with that? You know, that, that ever-changing world where things change in an instant. Um, having an expensive wife to run, allowing her to spend <laughs> the profits um, helps. She doesn't mind me being away Um Really, I've never changed my pattern. Um, yes, from the engineering days, um, that was a nine to six job. But when you went into sales in the marine business, the marine industry, um, you know, you're on call, you're on beck and call seven days a week. When that client wants to see you, you have to go there. So uh, really, from the age of probably 22, when I went into sales, my job hasn't changed really. Uh, yes, become more successful or uh, the company's got bigger, um, selling bigger boats, you know, with higher price tickets. But my really, my job hasn't changed. And how did you get into marine engineering all those years ago? Did, you know, I can't imagine too many, with respect, I can't imagine too many kids at school kind of going, that's what I want to do. How did it all happen? How did oh, it all start? Right. Okay, if we start back. So an East End kid from quite a ni nice part of the East End, in fact, once did. Um, we lived just off the high street. In the middle of the high street, there was a boat shop. And you know, as boys, we used to walk up to the high street, um, buy our lunch, uh, and we used to look into this shop window and there was a number of sport boats, you know, boats up to about 20 feet, and dream. Um, for, that was from the age of 11 to probably 15, 16. Then I wrote to um, the uh, son of the owner who owned the business, and um, in fact, he's my business partner now, and asked for a job. Um, uh, two months later, three months later, I had the job there. And um, yeah, that's where I started my apprenticeship, marine engineering. I didn't know he was your business partner. Yes. So um, David Lewis and I go back. Yeah. Um, I'm 57 now and started there when I was just 16. So really, I've been with David uh, for all these years, even though my boss then, 
and then become a business partner as we moved on to bigger and better boats, uh, such as Sunseeker. So I know, Chris, that you drive sales in the business. You know, I, I, I'm being no, not disrespectful in the least to David, but you, you, um, you drive sales in the business. Where did where did marine engineer become a salesperson? How did that all happen? Uh, well, I th- I think it helped me. Um, it helps me today. I can make a decision when somebody says to me, "Chris, could this be done on this layout?" I can say no before I ask the shipyard architects because I understand the workings of the boat. If you call me a salesman, I'm not really like a salesman because. Yes, if you're selling photocopiers, you can go in and close a deal. Really, we're like an advisory board to the client. We give all the advice. If the client believes in you, believes in the product, then the sale happens. We talk about closing techniques. Yes, in selling, it does help. But really, I don't really know I'm a salesman. I'm talking as advice, how the guy's going to use it, how he'll run the yacht, will he charter, will he start a business from it, and so on. So really, it starts off as an advisory board. And I think the engineering days has helped me um, because I can switch from a salesman going back to the engineer and give the advice. I can put corrections in when I'm dealing with management companies who come up with technical questions about the build quality of the boat. I can put them right, put them their their minds at rest. Um, I don't really have to take advice from people. Well, obviously, sometimes I do, but most of the times I would say I can answer the question. Mm. It was a slightly rhetorical question because I kinda, I've seen you in action, so I know that you're not the stereotypical salesman. Um, I guess from what I've seen, Chris, from what I know, it's that amazing knowledge, that breadth of knowledge you've got that help people to make informed decisions, but also your integrity as a businessman, because that's really important to you, isn't it? Yes. I mean, look, we meet royal families around the world, businessmen around the world, um, celebrities, uh, people starting out on a small boat um, who may not have a budget of a large boat, but it's, it's important to give the service to every client. Nothing phases me really, whether I'm meeting a king of uh, Saudi Arabia or whether I'm meeting a, a barrel boy from you know, the market. Um, they're customers. Um, we want to serve them. And if we promise on it, that's the way we will do it. That's the way we'll build it. We we deliver that. Do you have any professional kind of, do you have a professional mantra that you live by? We know we've talked already about integrity, delivering what you promise. Are there any other rules that you engage within Sunseeker that you, you are absolutely non-negotiables? You know, you've talked about integrity and <laughs> delivery of service and, but are there other things that drive the business? Because you've been so successful. Um, look, Having a brand like Sunseeker makes it easier, but I do believe in product. It's not only product, it's people and product. Um, you know, we have you know, 170 people working from us now with 40 offices, and we have a variation of different people with different techniques and different ways of doing business. Um, I think we are reliable. What we promise is what we deliver. You know, if we say the part will be there, on Wednesday, I always educate my team, check on Tuesday, it's going to be there. Phone the client and say, just heard from the courier, it's now going to come Wednesday night, Thursday. Communication mm. is skill in our business because you can imagine the families on their yacht, uh, there could be a tiny part which is stopping the boat. Um, so we, the service is a very important side of our business and keeping our word 
And you know, we do have a large team of our own engineers, which we are quite unique. Um, you know, I don't have to ask permission to send an engineer to Monaco because the client has dropped his TV control in the water. And that's what happened. 11 o'clock at night, I had a panic call um, to Monte Carlo Grand Prix saying about, we've had this problem. One of my uh, engineers, a phone call, I said, look, take it in the morning, long as you're there before 9am. He delivered it that evening. And that's what clients like. Mm. Gosh, can't even begin to imagine your world. Um, I'm very interested to know, and I think you're probably the most well-qualified podcast guest we've ever had to answer the question, which is that diverse range of clients that you have that have all sorts of different demands, different characteristics, um, who treat you in different ways, have a different attitude towards engagement. Um, one to the other. How do you deal? You, you've already mentioned the fact that you're not phased by them, but how do you deal with all these different personalities with all their demands where, you know, we've all experienced somebody that's supremely wealthy that seems to have little regard for other people and others that are very engaging and and kind of quite accepting that things maybe don't, are not always perfect. How do you, how on earth? Is it just an experience thing? Have you kind of learned different ways of doing things um, or do you just kind of learn on the job? Well, treating everybody the same, they are a client. They are a sun seeker, buyer, become owner. Um, just because they're buying a bigger yacht, he shouldn't get any better service than somebody buying a smaller yacht. Yes, we have to change our ways, you know, as an East End kid, I may be speaking a little better to, you know, the royal family, um, but not really. I, you know, it, there's no change whoever we meet, really. Mm. Um, what they see is what they get. Um, but again, lucky enough, we have got a product behind it, which people know. As a, as a leader in your business then, what do you try to instill in your team that makes Sunseek your business so successful? Hard work, um, reply, response. Um, you know, wherever we fly around the world, they should always wear their Sunseeker pin. So if any of you guys out there don't see one of my guys with a Sunseeker pin when you fly, um, we are flying that flag the whole time. Yeah. We're flying the flag really until 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, you know, we respect it, but there's stories about that. You know, I was in the queue um, to get onto an aeroplane and a well-known client who owns a health club in England said, oh, I've been to one of your offices today. I said, oh, really? He said, yes, I was in Gulf Juan and um, we popped in and saw so-and-so. Anyway, he said, come and sit with me on the aeroplane. This is going back when you could choose your seat on EasyJet. <laughs> anyway, by the time we landed in Luton, he had ordered a boat. Um, that's really by just flying that flag at all times. Um, you know, we don't, we can't cold call. Therefore, we wait till the clients really to come to us mm. or make the first move. Um, you know, we could buy the rich list of England, really. They would come to a if they want to buy a boat. It doesn't really work going to them in that in that way. Mm. So really, the team always working day and night. Um, whether it's a social event, whether you're sitting at your desk, you are always on call, and that's what we do. So you you know you you run a very successful business, um, and there will be people listening, and there's a very vast number now. I'm pleased to say there will be people listening. Go, Christopher Head done very, very well, runs an iconic brand. Um, good luck to him. Don't really associate with that because I've never been successful. Has it always been success for you, Chris? No, of course. You know, um, look, we always sell our product um, in good times, in bad times. It's it's a tiny number of boats actually built for the world. Um, as I mentioned, I've got 40 offices 
uh, we sell two thirds of all Sunseekers built uh, yearly. Uh, we always sell out of London. At, well, no, out of Sunseeker London Group, okay, which is right. out of the forty offices. Yeah. Um, so we we are the top distributor in the world for the product. Um, if I said to you now, oh, it's easy, we can just go to work. We wait for the phone calls. The money rolls in. Of course, it doesn't. There's other good products out there. Um, uh, other yachts have got better over the years. Yes, we're always the trendsetter. But yeah, you know, like cars, is there a bad car built today? Probably not. Uh, Sunseeker is the iconic brand. Um, resale value. Um, if you want to charter it, people know the brand, so it does have the attraction. But no, at times, you know, uh, let's let's go back in a year we've just had. Um, so last year, a record year for Sunseeker London um, financially, uh, a great year. Then we start at the boat show in September. Um, great boat show. Uh, orders done. Orders taken in can. Southampton, Monaco, great business. We come back to the offices in London thinking this is going to carry on. Stopped. And I mean stopped. Not only stopped in UK, because we have offices in London, Paul, Southampton, uh, Torquay. Um, it stopped all over Europe. Also, we learned America, the distribution there, which I don't own, stopped. Asia, stopped. We're thinking, why? We, we can't, cannot work it out. Anyway, from the day of the election, once I called it a positive, a positive result, we sold um, eight boats between the election to the end of January and at Dusseldorf, another 12 boats. So 20 units from a marketplace of three months, which had stopped. Um, again, finished the boat shows. Business seems to have carried on. The UK seems very positive at the moment. Yes, I think it will be a little bit of a rocky road. Um, you know, we've got to do our deals with the EU. But, you know, at times, how many how many recessions have been through? Um, two real recessions. Um, we always sell our product, but deals get harder. The person with the money will demand a better deal. Mm. And, of course, you know, if we've got product... We do have to then, at that time, do the deals to move the product. And so then other times when we're it's in such demand, we can maintain retail pricing. So at times, yes, it gets tough out there, even for top, top brands. The high street at the moment, yeah, you're hearing all sorts of things. Um, and yes, it's not always as easy as everybody thinks. Do you have to do you have to reconnect with certain Work ethics and and um, and philosophies in your business, Chris. When things suddenly stop, because you talked about going through recessions, so you know all of a sudden everything's going really, really. And we've all experienced it when the times are great, and it's easy to kind of rest on your laurels and just presuppose that business is coming in the next day. Something happens, whatever that world or, or life event is, things change. Is there a process you go through that to help you kind of get back on track? Is it do you literally just sit there for three months waiting for the phone to ring because you don't rely solely on the brand as you mentioned before? It doesn't quite work like that. Do you do you do you kind of revisit the basics? Do you is that a time when you kind of look at different aspects of your business in a slightly different way, approach things slightly differently? And I suppose part B to that question is when somebody comes to you and tries to drive down a price to the point it becomes commercially unviable for you, where does it where does it stop? Well, in answer to your question, when things are quiet, I think the sales team have to work harder. Um, so you, you do go back to basics. We have a big database. 
Um, we've been in business for many years. Um, you know, we sell 70 new boats that are probably 120 built and 126 used boats a year, approximately. Um, so you have got a big database of clients to go to and say, sir, you bought your 52 Manhattan two years ago. Um, believe it or not, you're not going to lose a lot of money. Would you like to change to a new 55? We we go to the client then when, before I said to you, we don't go to the client cold calling. Mm. But if you can call that cold calling, um, we would do that. Um, really, you know, sitting with your sales team. Uh, in fact, I've got a meeting at 430 with the sales team across the group, it will be um, you know, uh, a video call to everybody, uh, not everybody, line, the line managers and the um, the managers who run the, the salesmen in different territories um, to go through each inquiry. At the moment, the inquiry level is unbelievable. Um, we've got to put that to bed now. Mm. So that's my job. Maybe I would say to them, would you like me to help you come out, meet the client, um, because it's always good when somebody comes out from England, come from Sunseeker, it helps them put that client over the line to sign the contract. Um, so again, is that closing? Yes. Um, but when I go, I know the answers. Uh, I have a great team. Um, but yes, we have to work much harder. With regards to deals, of course, we come down to a limit where we will say, no, we can't go any further. Um, but we know the product will sell. Um, you know, uh, beginning towards the end of the year, I looked at my stock thinking, how the hell am I going to sell this? You look at 20 units less and you think, oh, we're going to be low on that model. That model we're okay on. This model definitely need more product. Then I've got to try start buying again from the shipyard. The problem we have then, it's such a long term, you know, because really the shipyard is sold out for a year, but we do carry stock, mm. uh, big stock. I, I, I kind of can't think of a better word to describe this. I kind of love the fact that your business has its own challenges, you know, because, you know, again, I mentioned the word iconic. If you look at the iconic brand that is Sunseeker and all that you and David have achieved together, um, I suppose it's very easy to just assume that it kind of just works like clockwork and, you know, money comes in and product goes out and uh, it doesn't matter whether there's an election or an EU referendum or a world event, you know, like coronavirus, which is quite topical. All of a sudden, people just suddenly stop doing things. What we're, what we're hearing loud and clear is that you go through the same peaks and troughs that every other business does. And, uh, and what I got as a very clear message is that's the time to double your efforts when things aren't quite going according to the original plan. Is that, is, is that fair? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I mean, you know, like every other business, I'm sure it's not as easy. Um, you know, this year, uh, when it was quiet towards the end of the year, we have to do more events this year. Mm. We have to invite clients to more things. Um, so communication is a big side of it. Um, it really is. Uh, do we change our way in the way we do it? Not really. Does the business really roll in most of the time? But then you do have the hiccups in the system. And what we're saying now, you 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 talk about the coronavirus. Of course, you know, that could affect us. At the moment, it isn't affecting us. Um, the product is hand-built in Paul. Um, we don't know what parts are coming from what other parts of the world. But we do have challenges along the line. Um, Brexit. I wasn't a Brexiteer. I was sorry. I was to stay in, not mm -hmm. go out. Um, I I think that's going to give us as challenges over this year. But I, I believe the UK pu general public now want to move on. And, you know, 
UK is a fighting nation and we make the most of it. I have to say, of all the places to self-quarantine, the thought of being on a 55-footer in the middle of the Indian Ocean, that's kind of a cool place to self-quarantine. So I don't think it's quite quite such a bad idea to buy a Sunseeker yacht, actually, right now. That's the safest place to be. It probably is, isn't I, it? I will use that in my sales yeah, pitch when I get back. <laughs> no, it's all right. Free advice. Um, so... You know, you're a businessman, a very successful one too. You've you've experienced the highs and lows of a couple of recessions, as you mentioned. For lots and lots of people listening, Chris, what advice would you give to anyone running a business? Just some general principles uh, to kind of try and stick to, you know, the the the, the non-negotiables, the absolute must-haves in a business, because I appreciate Sunseeker is very different from, you know, widgets or, you know, build, the building industry or whatever. But are there any principles that you have kind of developed over the years where you said, if I had my time again, if I was building another business, I would absolutely 100% do these things? Well, I believe we do them. I mean, I was taught by actually David's father and David, you should always once a month stand outside. If it is a showroom, if it is an office, if it's an office inside a building, look at it, what the client sees. I always think presentation is important. Tidy desks in an office, if it's an office that you you haven't got a frontage um, and clients are coming there, look organised, be organised. Um, I think that's a very important part. Working hard. If you say you open at nine o'clock and close at six, you open at nine and close to six. Just because you worked all night last the night before, mm. you can't get people saying, sorry, I'm late today. So we are timekeepers, um, really are. Um, would I change anything if I had it around, uh, had a, to do it again? Not really. Um, I believe from selling Sunseeker and yachts, I do believe I could go into most areas of sales and service. Um, but yeah, my advice, if you love what you do, it becomes easier. But yeah, make the most of your business, look and be better than your competition. There'll always be competition out there. Competition is good for you but be better, be sleeker. You know, it's it's just the way it is. Um, we're looking at other bigger businesses at the moment to go into the new yachts of, you know, the super yacht category, which we go up to 161 feet. And we're looking, how can we be better than those guys who are in that business? We know we can. And that'd be my next episode of you know, the next 10 years of my working life or 20 years. 161 feet. I can't even imagine what that looks like. But anyway, um, you are, we, we've talked a little bit about sales and the fact that you don't see yourself as a salesman. You see yourself as a deliverer of certain standards that then leads to um, to a successful outcome for both parties. So I think that was a, a, a great way that you put that. But you're also a leader in your business, Chris. You are, um, you are, a, a, you know, a figure, a figurehead in your business. What, what, principles, what qualities do you think you need to have to be a great leader of people? Because, you know, you're looking after a very diverse range from, you know, your PA all the way through to um, to mechanics, to people that you've got traveling around the world, dropping off remote controls and various other things. What does it take to be a great, a great leader? I think the hard work, showing, your t showing the team that the effort you put into it, that actually filters down. You know, you speak about me as the great leader, I've got a fantastic team working for me, whether sales, service, secretarial. And remember, you know, everybody looks as the salesman selling the boat. There's a lot of backroom. Um, I would say on the company, 
95% of the people who I employ are fantastic, um, but they could never say, oh, Chris doesn't put the effort in, Chris doesn't do that. I think they feel guilty that if they didn't put the effort in. And the, we can see it on the company, you know, the guys who are earning big monies because of their sales, their success, it doesn't come at a nine to five job. You need to put effort in. Mm. I put the effort in. I haven't changed. But as I said earlier, I still love the business. Um, if it's a business that you didn't love, can you put that effort in? I don't know. Mm. And and plans for the business moving forward? More, the business, more of the same? Because uh, you're doing all right. Yeah, doing okay. Um, not, well, you know, one day somebody could come along and buy the lot. Um, but, you know, I'm keen. I love it. I don't want to leave. I don't want to retire. Um, as I said, 57 years of age, I've still got another, I would say, hopefully 20 years in it of working life. Um, no, um, business as usual, really, at the moment. And and you're a dad and you're a granddad. So let's just talk about, about that just for a second. Um, you know, you've got great relationships, kid, grand, grandchildren. Congratulations, by the way. Um, what does it take to be a good, a good dad and a good granddad? A good dad. Um, well, a good dad, if you would speak to my lovely wife, Lorraine, um, I think I'm a good dad, but the children didn't go without things, but they went out without a dad. My wife would say, Chris, I'm sure you wait until those bedroom lights go off before you walk in. I didn't see much of the children during Monday to Friday. Um, I used to work Saturdays, actually, when they were kids. Now I'm trying to see as much as I can. Um, I regret that actually. However, building the business, I don't. If I would have chosen the family route day to day, it may have been a longer job to get the business right. So um, yes, I think I'm a good dad. I love them to bits. They're like friends. Um, I, my oldest daughter's married to a great guy. Um, his family just had a baby, which is fantastic. Um, but the family are friends. I'm quite lucky. The kids are sort of all similar age within a couple of years of each other, apart from the youngest one. Um, we go out as friends. We don't really go out as family. Um, my youngest, oh no, my eldest son works for me. He's doing a great job. He's followed through into the business. Um, youngest son's working for the son-in-law in travel. So uh, we keep it in the family. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So a last couple of questions if we may, because time's pressing, unfortunately. First question would be, um, how do we find out more about Christopher Head and Sunseeker? I mean, Sunseeker is pretty obvious, but, you know, are you a social media kind of guy? Do you have a website? Yes. Sunseeker clearly do, but we'd like to know more about you. So how do we find you? So, look, if you put Sunseeker London in, Sunseeker London is the group uh, which runs all of Europe, which is uh, my business. Um, Sunseeker Brokerage is another Website, sunseekerbroker.com, uh, which is used boats, which we specialize in. In fact, um, Sunseeker Brokerage is the largest seller of Sunseeker in the world on the used market. And that's a vehicle we own. And there's boats on there from £30,000 up to millions and millions of pounds. Um, again, you know, when you think, can you sell a boat online? Yes, a lot of it is online now. I'm not saying we don't speak to a client, but the leads come in. People buy boats online. Wow. God, how the world has changed, huh? Um, final question. Since you have so much experience, the good, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, a dad, a granddad, somebody who's gone from marine engineering to marine sales to running, you know, this incredible business that everyone knows so well. If I were 
the, the son, the daughter, or even the grandchild that one day comes to you, sits on granddad's knee and says, right, granddad, I need a, a few words of wisdom. I am going to venture out into the big wide world, whether it's to run my own business or just make a success of my life. With all that you know now, Chris, with all those regrets, all the positives that have come from everything you've achieved, what one bit of advice would you give to that person who asked the question? Well, um, first of all, I would prefer for the kids to go out and do their own thing for a few years. Don't just come straight into the business. And that's what I did with Alex. Um, he was in the city for six or seven years. Um, I wanted him to work with me um, and he's, he's great. I think they should try things themselves. Um, it's a bit hard. Getting into the marine business is one thing. Getting into selling Sunseeker is another. Um, it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but your job is easier than trying to sell other products. So if my son said to me, Dad, I want to become um, a salesman and I'm going to work for this small sailing boat, motorboat company, I would try to steer him and say, look, do you really want to do that? Why not try the city? Yeah. Why not try the financial markets? Why not try the estate agency property? But if the kids come to me and say, Dad, we want to be working for you, Again, I'm very critical. My daughter will tell you, who you know. Um, she would say I was much harder to her than the rest of the girls. And I admit I was. I, I really was. But, but Lauren became a fantastic employee. She was running charter division and nobody has chartered as many boats as she did in the day. Um, but if I take them on, do not let me down and be better than the rest. Oh, that that's a really good way to end this podcast. Um, I, I don't know what to say other than I've already learned more about you today than I than I think I've done in all the time we've known each other. So um, what I love is is the fact that um, as I think I mentioned to you before we started chatting today, Chris, that a lot of people see these iconic figures in business or people they assume to be very very successful, and they don't realise there's an awful lot of hard graft that goes on behind the scenes. That you know you do have to work the extra hours and have those ethics and principles that you have to adhere to twenty four seven. You can never kind of sleep in inverted commas. So um, it's been really eye opening, and I and I really am. I, there was a deliberate reason for me as to why I wanted you to be a podcast guest and which we've taken some time to organise. But there was a reason and it's for all the things that you've covered today in the half an hour that we spent together. So Christopher Head, thank you so much for sharing um, some of your insights into the world of success and, and the challenges that you face in business. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. But I'd like to say to any listeners, if they've got any questions about boating, they're welcome to call me or my team. Um, I know you will not all be boat buyers, but if you want to learn how it works, you're welcome to call us at any time. Thank you. That's very generous. I'm sure you get a lot of people taking up on that kind offer. So Christopher Head, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. Wasn't Christopher Head absolutely fantastic? Each week, remember, we have a new guest joining us to share their own insights into achieving success or overcoming life challenges. Please make sure you subscribe. Follow us on social media, Sandro's podcast. That's Sandro's with an S. Remember, same on all channels. And if you want to email us with a question, it's hello at sandrospodcast.com. Remember to keep the iTunes uh, reviews coming so we know what you'd like more of in the future. And please don't forget to tune in this time next week. Bye-bye for now.